0: So we're republishing this very special edition of the NPRD, originally broadcast July of 2021, The Missing Piece and Treatment for Eating Disorders Meal Coaching, with our beloved Jamie Hyde, who passed away on March 7th after a very long and very unfair fight. Jamie is extraordinarily missed in not just the circles of her family and friends, but in our professional world. Her 34 years were filled with great tenacity and purpose, and we miss her dearly.
1: Hello, and welcome to the NPRD podcast with nurse practitioner and registered dietitian Robin Kievitt eating disorders, body image, medicine, they are all interconnected. But with so many programs, techniques, and advice to choose from, it's easy to be overwhelmed. Robin, with more than 25 years of experience as a nurse practitioner and registered dietitian, offers help and hope for everyone, families, children, and adults. Along with veteran talk show host and good friend, Jordan Rich, Robin invites you to learn much more right here on the NPRD podcast. Hi, Jordan here. Very happy to take the back seat today and listen to an interview that Robin's about to conduct with Jamie Hyde, licensed social worker and practitioner, and somebody like Robin making a difference in the lives of those with eating disorders. So take it away, Robin.
0: Hi there, this is Robin with another episode of the NPRD, the Nurse Practitioner Registered Dietitian. I am very, very fortunate to have Jamie Hyde, who is a friend and colleague for many years. Jamie is an independent consultant who focuses on helping individuals gain access to eating disorder supports. Is that right, Jamie? Yes. Awesome. So Jamie and I met when... She worked at META, the Multidisciplinary Eating Disorder Association, and now we work as clinicians sharing cases. We are both members of the Greater Boston Wellness Collaborative, Food, Mind, and Body, and I'm just going to take a minute here to say that, to say a little bit about what that is. So the Greater Boston Wellness Collaborative is made up of, of a number of different clinicians in the eating disorder field whose mission is to provide exceptional multidisciplinary care to individuals and families experiencing eating disorders, disordered eating, body image challenges. And we create solution-focused plans to support people, humans, in living a freer and more fulfilling life. And I think it's important to talk about that first or say that first because it brings in, Jamie, what you do. And how you do it. I know you're pursuing a second master's degree, but I'd love to hear first about, you know, what what you're doing right now in your professional life, and what brought you to the field of eating disorders. Um, of course, I just want to start by saying thank you for having me on. Definitely, uh, it's a pleasure.
2: So, uh, what brought me to the field of eating disorders? As always been interested in the field. I'm not someone who has personally struggled with an eating disorder, but I think I was always so interested in how little was really known about eating disorders um, and how much I could be a part of this change and in this education. And I was really thankful to intern um, on an eating disorder unit uh, through my for my first master's, uh, master's in social work. And I was so blown away by the work that was happening and the individuals who I got to meet and got to know that I really felt like I was, this was the work I was meant to be doing.
0: And by that, when you became more aware, do you mean patients and clinicians? And is it fair to say passion and empathy?
1: Absolutely.
2: Um, I think I was really blown away. You know, I think so often when we talk about eating disorders, people assume it's a white female in a thin body from a upper middle class family. And, You know, one day in this field, you learn that it's not the face of an eating disorder. Not at all. That it does does not, it affects all genders, all races, all ages, all socioeconomic status. I mean, there's no, all all body sizes, there is no one face or body to this disease, you know. And I think I was just, everything we think we know about eating disorders we don't. Oh,
0: yeah. and constantly learning, so, right? We're
2: constantly learning, right? Constantly learning, and um, I love the word that you chose. Empathy is there. There has to be so much empathy in this. In this. In the work that we do.
0: I want to talk about them. I know you have your MSW, and and we will mm-hmm. come back to how you and I are working together right now, which I love. Mm-hmm. I also just want to hear from you, though, on your current master's degree what you're getting your degree and where you're getting it and how do you want to use that Because or this? Because you are so passionate around the field and I know you want to use this additional master's degree moving forward.
2: So, yes. Uh, So I'm getting my master's in organizational psychology um, through William James College.
0: Love William James, Um, by the way.
2: Although it is all virtual, so never stepped a foot on campus,
0: <laughs> um, it's despite different. being
2: like three miles away from it. That's okay.
1: Um,
2: but um, so it's it's someone describes it as uh, being a therapist for organizations and businesses. So tying together um, my degrees, and I would really love to use it uh, to be a consultant for different treatment programs or treatment settings, group practices to help everyone be just dare I use the word better, so more inclusive or more accepting. How, how how can we help individuals better access the treatment they need more successfully?
0: I um, love that you're using the word better. I I use this I say to to people you know, friends and loved ones, when I am saying goodbye to them, I say, don't be good, be better. Um, mm-hmm. So I love that. And you've helped, you know, organizations already. Part of your role, how it's evolved in the collaborative, the Greater Boston Wellness Collaborative, is is helping us in our, in our own organizational psychology. You rein us in, and it's awesome. Wow. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So... I wanna to jump to how you and I are working together right now, but not just that, how you are current like what what you're currently doing as a profession as a professional. You are providing meal coaching and providing meal coaching as a role in a treatment team. And I will say that, so not a lot of people understand or know what that is, which we're going to talk about, but I want to just say, and I am not just saying this because you and I are talking, I really mean this, and I've said this to other people I meet who do meal coaching, this is like the missing piece. This is the missing piece in outpatient eating disorder treatment, and it's something that eventually, which could be a whole other podcast, we need to get insurance companies to pay for But I'd love to hear you describe what does a meal coach do and what's your role in a treatment team?
2: Sure. So my role as a meal coach is to have a meal, you know, with someone who is struggling um, at mealtime. And I know that sounds really simple, but what I do that's a little different is I bring in coping skills and in the moment treatment. Um, And so whether that is, does what I plate look right? Is it in accordance with my meal plan Uh, to I'm feeling really, really anxious. Um, My go to is to shut down. What can I do instead?
0: So 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 coping techniques. mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm able to, in the moment, say, you know, let's think about what could be really helpful or even post meal of I'm feeling really full or I'm feeling guilty for what I ate so we talk about what can we do in the moment to decrease those feelings of guilt or to help our body use its own you know wonderful ability to digest the food so we're not feeling so full or uncomfortable or how do I keep you from maybe purging in the right. moment um so all of those things I'm able to just be there um and another thing that I have really brought into my work is re-engaging with our hunger and fullness
0: I was just going to ask you about that I'm so glad you brought that up
2: yeah so um I, I give everyone a hunger fullness scale, um, and we really, I think this is this is not just for eating disorders, I think this is, as adults, we really lose that ability to understand our hunger and our fullness, and so I have everyone, we kind of start at the top of our head and go to our toes, and we really check in about, like, what's, what is our body saying to us? Are mm-hmm. we feeling some tension in our shoulder. Right. You know, is our stomach grumbling or is our stomach feeling really tight and full? You know, what is our body communicating to us and how can we use that to reconnect with our body?
0: And our, bo- our in our bodies, I like to say to patients and families as well, our bellies I hope this is okay to say, and I wonder what you think about it. like our bellies are our other brain. Um, mm-hmm. and I love how your work encompasses adults and even those who aren't having any eating disorder issues, just reminding adults to check in with their hunger and fullness because we can lose it. We can, you know, have times and places where we aren't as connected and and we need to be. And also, Just feeling, like, what are we feeling in our body? Because that connection is really what gets lost, one of the things that gets lost in in an eating disorder. What would you say is your biggest professional challenge right now?
2: Sure. Um, I think this past year and a half we have seen an enormous increase in eating disorders. Um, And the eating disorder professional world is saturated. And I think that is a big professional challenge in helping individuals find support. And I want to really highlight, this is, this is no one's, you know, no one is to blame. This is no one's fault. Um, And I don't want that. I want to make sure that's not coming across and not blaming professionals. It's just, People I've spoken to have said this is the m- most hours they've worked in their career. You know, the, they're seeing the most clients they've ever seen right. in their entire career. You know, people are stepping up in ways that they, they've never had to. Treatment centers have a six-month wait list. Right. It's it's insane.
0: Is it fair along the lines of insane? And Jordan and I talked about this on another podcast recently to use the word unprecedented. Totally. I couldn't agree with you more. I think every clinician I talk to, whether they, you know, any mental health clinician right now is using the word unprecedented. And to your point of, you know, us as clinicians in the eating disorder field working more than we ever have, we are, I think, one thing I was thinking about yesterday is how much we're helping each other and lifting each other up. And, you know, can you see this patient? I don't take this insurance. Can you see this person? You're better equipped to handle this, this, and this. And and that kind of camaraderie, I hope, is something that we can continue, you know, past this this unprecedented time. I wanted to ask you. Yeah, Thank you. I think that's just, that's super important. I, I just want to say thank you for being so passionate because it's coming across in your voice. I know you are. But what do you wish people understood humans understood not clinicians in the field so new to eating disorders you know whether it's their child their adult child them you know themselves what do you what do you feel like is most understood about eating disorders
2: i think a big one is uh that we can tell anything about someone based off of their body size
0: Um, nailed it
2: I, i mean i think you know the, the diet and weight loss industry is a, what, $72 billion industry. They make money off of making us feel bad about ourselves. Um, and they have taught us messaging about, you know, what we should do and who we should be. And um, it's all wrong. I mean, I was thinking the other day, you know, their message basically is like, hey, you know, young child, like, do you want me to set you up for a lifetime of hating yourself and like spending an immense amount of money to change your body? Right. Like, and we all are like, yeah,
0: sign me up for this. Yeah, like, it right. Like a great plan. Jordan and I talked on another podcast about complimenting people, children, on anything other than their body and what they're eating and drinking. And I think that could be mm-hmm. a, a, a good, you know, a positive takeaway here. So I just, I had two other questions for you that I wanted to go over and then like parting messages, but you're, you know, you work as part of a treatment team and you and I work mm-hmm. together right now on a number of different cases and the communication is so incredible. What kind of clinicians are your favorite to work with? Let's be really specific.
2: Um, I think for me to be successful, I need to communicate frequently with the team. I need to know what recommendations are being made by the team so I can support it. And early on when I was doing this, I was working with someone and I asked, her, i said well what does the diet what does your dietitian say about how frequently you should do this and she said oh she said you know as much as possible and i said okay let's let's put a number to that you know is this three times a week four times a week well it turns out actually the dietitian had said minimum five times a week mm. and because i hadn't communicated with the dietitian i had then recommended let's try four times a week so she loved this idea that she could you know do this challenge less one fewer time right and um you know the dietician called me and got really mad at me and um that was you know unpleasant for us all but it really taught me that i i'm actually doing harm if i am not communicating with the team so Long answer to your question, um, good good collaborators, good communicators is my dream team.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, and another reference to a, another podcast that Jordan and I have talked on is, or, you know, to your point, we need to be communicating in order for someone with an eating disorder disordered eating to be to move towards recovery, we need to have collaboration as a team. If you're not a collaborator, it's really not the field for you. It's not it's right. not a good idea. Um, I know what kind of patients I love to work with. What kind of patients are your favorite right now in what you're doing? And this is before you're finishing your second master's degree. But in in meal coaching right now, who are your who are your favorite patients? What kind of patients?
2: Um are my favorite
0: um, the ones you and I share just kidding you know, I actually, <laughs>
2: no I actually really I really uh, do enjoy working with the kiddo that we share um, and I think part of it is that I really love working with people who are willing to step up to a challenge um, mm. what, what I tell every single person that I work with is my job is not to collude with the eating disorder. My job is to challenge. I am hired to challenge the eating disorder thoughts, to challenge the eating disorder patterns. Um, so I get a lot of eye rolls, a lot of, um, I really don't like you right now. <laughs> you can
0: handle it though.
2: But you know what? I actually take those as wins. Yes. You know, if you are really happy with me, then I'm not challenging the eating disorder well enough. Um, but, you know, the people who step up to those challenges, I, I'm really, um, I want to say really inspired by a lot of them. Mm. Um, this willingness to say, you know, this has been my protector and my comfort zone for so long, and I'm still going to trust you and my team enough to do these challenges. I think that's such an amazing thing
0: to see. I love what you just said and the language you used. And would it be also fair to say that when we take on new patients that we like to see a glimmer of motivation?
2: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, yes. I mean, nothing is harder than I have, I have more than once been brought in of, hey, you are the last
1: big mm. effort
2: to keep this person out of treatment and, um, as honored as I am, I'm not that good. I don't think anyone is.
0: Well, Um, we don't work magic, but we do like to inspire hope.
2: Of course, of course. Um, but you know, I think, um, having just a little bit of motivation of I'm scared, but I'm going to try my best. And I think that's a, a big one. Um, and I think you, you talked about this in the beginning of, you know, Do better. And, Mm. um, you know, whether that's one more bite, that's still better. And I still call that a win.
0: Totally a win. I'm so thankful for you again to spend this time with us today. I wondered if there's anything else you'd like us to know about you, messages to share in general about recovery, about body image, anything at all, any pearls. And I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but you have so much wisdom. You
2: know, I think if this, to year has taught us anything. It's that we really need to be kind to one another. We need to spend more time building each other up instead of tearing each other down. I, I think we as a society need to learn that our worth is so much more than our bodies, that we are such complex people with so many likes um, and wonderful things and we need to spend more time focusing on those and less about what we physically
0: look like I love that message and I will thank you one
1: more time and leave us both with don't be good be better well
2: I love that
1: thank you for joining us for the NPRD podcast with Robin Kievit. we invite you to subscribe download rate and review us and share this valuable podcast with friends and family help and hope is found here for more, just go to robinkevit.com. That's R-O-B-Y-N-K-I-E-V-I-T.com. Or check out the nprdcom